Welcome to Sam 45. As you read this Sam, you might think that this Sam is about a royal wedding. And you're right, for you have verses attributed to the king in the first half and then verses attributed to the queen in the second half. Traditionally, it was thought that it was the marriage of Solomon and the princess of Egypt that was sung about in the Sam. But we really do not know the exact occasion for which the sons of Korah actually wrote the song down. But this psalm certainly has more than what meets the eye. It certainly has more than what meets the eye. In other words, the psalm is but a messianic psalm and this time written by the sons of Korah. Now remember, messianic psalms are psalms that points to Jesus and here, although the sons of Korah are writing about an earthly king and his wedding, inadvertently they end up writing about Jesus, our eternal king and the great marriage feast. Yes, this psalm depicts a royal wedding, but it also so vividly shows Christ, the royal bridegroom. In fact, the writer of Hebrews quotes verses 6 and 7 of the psalm, Psalm 45, and attributes them to Jesus and shows Jesus as the one who has the royal throne. Incidentally, everything that is said about the Davidic king in verses 2 to 8 in the psalm is also said in the New Testament in different words about Jesus. Jesus, the royal line of David, who really is in the fullest sense God as well as king. So I would highly recommend that you would read the psalm first as it is written, that is the marriage of the earthly king and the princess, but most importantly to read it through the lens of Jesus being the bridegroom and the queen as we the church, the bride, readied for the king. So first, in verse 1, it talks about the joy associated with the arrival of the king, the bridegroom. The joy associated with the arrival of the king, the bridegroom. You know, at any wedding, the bride and the bridegroom are the most excited to see each other on the day of their wedding. It is their big day. They don't care about anyone more than they care about each other. And the same sense of joy and excitement is encapsulated in this psalm as well, a sense of jubilation at the arrival of the most awaited bridegroom, the king himself. In fact, C.S. Lewis thinks of this psalm as the psalm pointing to Christmas, the birth of Jesus as the good, tiring, good cheer brought to the mankind at the arrival of the greatest warrior and the greatest king. And as we today think about Jesus, may I pray that your heart is filled with good tidings and may you have a new song like the psalmist, a new poem, a new painting in honor of our king and our bridegroom. Second, this psalm talks about the beauty of our king in verse 2. It says, you are fairer than the sons of men. Grace is poured upon your lips. Therefore, God has blessed you forever. Again, at a wedding, the bride and the groom is the best dressed and the most beautiful, aren't they? I don't think anyone else would ever stand a chance in their comparison. And the eyes of the bride and the groom are fixed on each other. Oh, they enjoy the beauty and the movement, don't they? Of course, when Jesus was here on earth, the Bible says he had no special beauty that would attract people. Isaiah the prophet told us this way long back. But the beauty of Jesus was in fact the beauty of his character, his words, his works that makes us love him. And I think any bride and groom will know this, that the outer beauty is but fleeting reality. What we begin to love as years pass by is the beauty of character, the beauty of kind words and the beauty of deeds. And here the psalmist seems to say, our King, our Lord is the most beautiful. And may we as the bride of Christ continue to love him, his character, his words and his works and remain devoted to our bridegroom with utmost affection. Third in verse 3, the psalmist talks about the battles, the battles of the king. 
Now it is also interesting that when I talk to the bride or the groom and ask about each other, they quickly tell me about each other's accolades and accomplishments. Now it is not bad. They're proud of each other and their accomplishments and they have all the reasons to be. And here the psalmist is bragging about the king and his battles. But remember, our king Jesus has had his battles too and his accomplishments too. Yes, he came as a savior, but he also has won the battle on the cross of Calvary and has defeated Satan. And as a result, we don't fight for victory, but we fight from victory for our Lord, our King is victorious. Remember one day he will come to conquer all the kingdoms of the world. Revelations chapter 11 and verse 15. Fourth in verse 6, the psalmist talks about his glory and his worth, the king's glory and his worth. It says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. You rule with righteousness and you're anointed. Your garments are scented. You sit in ivory palace and music entertains you. Here the psalmist is writing about the earthly king's glory. But remember our king, our bridegroom, Jesus has eternal throne, a righteous scepter, gladness and pleasure at his right side. And the good news is anyone who receives the king into their heart can also share all his bounties. And fifth, the psalmist talk about the bride. The queen is praised from verses 13 to 15. He says, the royal daughter is all glorious within the palace. Her clothing is woven with gold. She shall be brought to the king in robes of many colors. The virgins, her companions who follow her, shall be brought to you. With gladness and rejoicing they shall be brought and they shall enter the king's presence. Now this, of course, is the picture of the church. All those who have been saved through faith in Christ is the bride and we are being readied. We have been made glorious, not because we are glorious, but because of our connection with the king. Verse 9 says, the attendants are being readied as well. And the bride is brought to the king with gladness and with great rejoicing. Wow, what a wedding this is going to be. In fact, uh, do take time to read of this wedding in Revelation chapter 19 verses 1 to 10. But may I ask you this question as we close in? Are you eagerly looking forward to being there at this wedding and being part of the bride of Christ? Are you being readied by Christ sharing his glorious nature? So are we looking forward? Are you looking forward to being there and being in the presence of our glorious King and our bridegroom? Shall we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus who has purchased me to himself to be his bride. And I pray that I would live in eager expectation of the coming King and be captivated by his love and beauty, his worth and his glory. Thank you for the victory I have in Jesus. And may I be found ready and waiting for my coming King. Come, O Lord, come soon and as soon as possible. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.